1: Jordan Everly has his first of the season. Late in the second period, the Islanders lead the Red Wings 3-1. Early in the third, Sabres taking it to the Devils. It is 7-1 for Buffalo. 12 minutes left at MSG. Golden Knights up 4-1 on the Rangers. Four minutes left in the first period, St. Louis 2, Chicago nothing. And later on tonight, the Kings play the Ducks. The Oilers' next game coming up on Wednesday. They will be taking on the Ottawa Senators. Six o'clock face-off show game at 7:30 here on 6:30. Chad, the new coach of the BC Lions is Rick Campbell. The Eskimos continue their search. They were denied permission by the XFL to talk to Jamie Elizondo, former offensive coordinator of the uh, Ottawa Redblacks, now with the Tampa Bay franchise in the XFL. 8:15 left in the second quarter in Seattle. Monday Night Football: Seahawks and Vikings. Are tied at seven. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. Always appreciate to hear from you. Well, look, I just I just want to be sensitive with our uh, our next guest here. I'm not saying he's been around for a long time. That I, you know, and there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying our next guest was the sideline reporter for an Ottawa CFL team. No, 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 everybody. Not the Red Blacks. Think back. No, 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 no. no. Not the Renegades. Our next guest, Gord Wilson, was a sideline reporter for the Ottawa Rough Riders. Hi, Gord. Oh. <laughs>
2: Hello. <laughs> Just a minute here. I've got to set aside the porridge that I'm having for dinner tonight. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, back in, uh, I started with the red uh, with the Rough Riders. Uh, I would think it was mid-'80s. Uh, so I was a big part of Super Season 88 when they went 2 and 16, um, and it was an absolute disaster. So the reincarnation got good for a while and then got real bad this year. But, uh, hey, it, it is what it is, and um, it's all cyclical, I suppose. And I guess... Nation's capital can't complain too much about the success that the Red Blacks have had well, uh, in their short history.
1: Yeah, Red Blacks uh, pretty good. I mean this this year, the first year obviously wasn't great, but they were kind of fun nope. to watch. This this year wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't pretty good, but uh, what getting to three gray ca- gray cups and and winning one isn't uh, isn't bad at all. What I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this: What did you like most, and what did you like the least about being a sideline reporter?
2: Oh, well, it was absolutely fantastic back in the mid-'80s because the mascot that the Rough Riders had was drunk during most of the games. Ruffy the Beaver was his name, and actually what witnessed him falling out of the stands from about 10 feet down. It's not a funny thing. He hurt himself, but he was fine afterwards. The Beaver was good. Uh, I don't think he made the next game, but that was probably – the highlight of my sideline reporting i also had tyrone jones i don't know if you remember that name from the winnipeg blue bombers he was as mean as mean could be and i stood on the sidelines after the bombers had scored a defensive touchdown and uh, he uh, he should have been just totally thrilled and excited about the his side of the the ball scoring the the touchdown but for whatever reason he decided to come up to me and try and scare the living daylights out of me so that's another I guess, highlight, um, if you will, of me on the sidelines with uh, <laughs> Rough Rider football back in the 80s. <laughs> I do yeah, and yeah, never mind, I won't go on here. It's all right.
1: Well, I, lo- I, lo- I love that story. I did not know that the mascot uh, was, like, often inebriated, <laughs> like rarely sober. Is that what we're looking at?
2: Well, there were 16, was it a 16, uh, I guess it was an 18-game schedule. So, yeah, nine games, he was pretty much hammered. I think. <laughs> <Safe to> <laughs> <say>. <laughs> oh, that is
1: uh, that 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 is amazing. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I I I love those Rough Riders memories. Uh, I, I mean, I I was born in 1974, so I have very I, I don't really remember the Ottawa Rough Riders ever being a really good team. Like I vaguely remember 1981 where they inexplicably yeah. made it to the Grey Cup and probably should and have a Double yeah.
2: interference call. Yeah, there you go. And uh, what
1: another thing that is good. In all seriousness, thanks, thanks for going down memory lane. But another thing that is cool for you. And now this this is an absolute feather in your eye. Like you've done, you've been with the Senators since day one as a broadcaster, have you not?
2: Uh, since 1992, yes. Uh, right place, right time to get the job. And I think um, I think I've missed five games in total since uh, since 92. Yeah, a couple that they didn't send me on when the team actually came out west. I think in '95 there was a three-game Western swing that they didn't send me on. And uh, I think I missed one through sickness and uh, one through, um, uh, well, for personal reasons, uh, death in the family. So it, uh, it's been a good run. I knock on wood every day.
1: Well, and, I mean, the Senators, are, the thing is, I'll just kind of ask a general here before we get into specifics. W- what a journey. I mean, I, I go back to when was it? Uh, was it the old seven final they were in? Yep. Uh, I, I used to work in Lloyd Minster, so often interviewed Wade Redden and have stayed in touch mm-hmm. with him, you know, really good player, really good guy. Uh, but, man, the franchise is in a, in a different spot than it was 10 to 15 years ago.
2: Uh, it is, yes, without question. Um, but I think it's, as I used the word cyclical, a couple of minutes ago, and I think it's like any business. Uh, there are the highs and the lows, and sometimes you have to go through a little bit of a low to get back to that high point, and obviously, You know, in 92, they won 10 games. Their record was 10, 70, and 4. So that is, without question, the lowest point of uh, the organization's existence. Uh, But it existed, and that's the key here. And I think everybody in the nation's capital certainly knows the importance of the franchise to Ottawa. And um, while it's fallen on hard times now, the plan has gone forward to the point where there is uh, – light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, is the best way to describe things. They finished thirty-first last year, and they didn't get the number one overall pick. But uh, they have a nucleus of players and a nucleus of draft choices uh, th- to further their plan, which is to compete for uh, the playoffs again uh, within the next uh, two years or so, and then compete for a Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, in five or six years, when some of these young players get uh, more mature and. Uh, fingers crossed, a little bit better.
1: All right. I'm going to ask you about what I consider to be the most shocking stat in the NHL this season. It's not mm-hmm. Koskinen's save percentage. It's not San Jose being above 90% on the power play. How is Pajot plus 16 on a team that, that I believe is minus 15 in goal differential and, like, in the bottom six in the league?
2: What is going on? Well, he's um, he's First of all, he's got—he's um, an underrated offensive player. He's—I think his career high is 19 goals about five years ago, um, and he's up to 14 now. And I think if I—with all due respect—I'll correct you—the numbers that I have are plus 18. Well, oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> he short changed him by a pair. Uh, that being said. Um, uh, if I can be so bold, he has a pair. He's not afraid to right. <laughs> uh, really play above his size. He's lifted at 5'10", 180 pounds. There's not a chance that he's 5'10". If he's 5'10", I'm 6'5", and I think I I, I peak at 5'7". Although I tell my kids I'm 5'10". Um, I lie like Pajot does. Um, he just plays above himself, and he's one of those guys that uh, rises to the occasion when there is... Uh, something on the line. JG Pajot just seems to be there. He had that flair in junior. He's had that flair in postseason play for Ottawa, and uh, he's he, he caught lightning in a bottle, obviously, in the month of November, and uh, they certainly needed it. It's a team that uh, is one of the lowest-scoring teams in the NHL, and they've hit hard times in trying to put the puck in the net with just four goals in their last four games, which equates to a four-game losing streak, their longest of the season. Uh, but he's one of those guys that make those around him better. He's part where he can play from your top-line center to your fourth-line center and make uh, the wingers around him uh, that much better and he's dedicated to his craft uh, coming off a season last year where he tore his Achilles tendon in the first uh, day of uh, medical testing for heaven's sake so he didn't even get on the ice uh, he did it in the gym and missed the ha- first half of the season but Re uh, really dedicated himself to getting in better shape and it's certainly showing this year for sure
1: hmm let's see 27 good plus minus good face-off man versatile, can play any position, can fill in on the wing on the top line, could play third-line center. Hmm, what team could need a player like that? <laughs> <laughs> that might be
2: well, you know what, then just- yeah, it's a great point that you bring up, and add to that the pedigree, pedigree that he does have in postseason play. So pick any number of a teams that has an aspiration to go far in the playoffs, and they would have an interest, that team would have an interest in Pajot. I don't think there's any question about that. And I think the Senators still do, in fact, have a serious interest in keeping J.G. At what cost remains to be seen. Um, I'm a big believer in, and this is just my own opinion, but I'm a big believer in, And I know every team has an analytics department now, and they look at numbers like that to determine uh, worth and weight and um, uh, how much they should pay going forward. But I'm a big believer in paying for a pulse, and JG is certainly um, a strong pulse in not just the locker room, but the Ottawa community as well.
1: Gord Wilson joining us on Inside Sports, color analyst for the Ottawa Senators broadcast on TSN 1200. All right. Well, look forward to seeing the game uh, on Wednesday. It's, it's always, there's always a little better vibe when it's, when it's two Canadian teams playing. So that's always fun. What, what do you know about what happened in Vancouver today with Borvietsky supposedly we're stopping a crime
2: or getting involved? Yeah, sort of a bizarre incident because Mark was on his way out of the rink. Um, He didn't uh, decide to take the team bus. He was just walking, and he was going to walk back to the hotel. And somebody asked him if he had been to a certain grocery store that he likes, and he said, no, but i got a better story for you. And as he's walking away, he's telling us this. And so we're all just kind of mesmerized, um, thinking, uh, well, not thinking, to get a tape recorder out or a camera out, and we just sort of listened to him as he was, sort of striding by, and uh, I threw in a quick question about did he fear for his life, and his response was, no, I was ready to knock the guy out if he decided to pull a knife on me or something, so he uh, what, what he witnessed was somebody smashing a window in a car and grabbing a knapsack from inside the car, and Mark went over very quickly and said, drop the bag, and the guy said, uh, get out of my way, and he had a bike, he was on a bike, I guess, and started to come towards Mark uh, on this bicycle, and Mark clotheslined him across the throat, and down the kid went, and Mark grabbed him and grabbed the bag. And I, I'm not sure if there were any further details uh, from there given. Mark will address this situation, and it's odd. His nickname is Cop. He earned this nickname, I think, in college, for heaven's sake. So it stuck with him, and how apropos, uh, because um he played... um Street cop uh, on the streets, the main streets of uh, Vancouver in Gastown, I guess, yesterday, and um, yeah, fitting that it was Mark Borbiewski who uh, took care of that. Yeah,
1: well, that's uh, that that's fascinating. He'll be telling stories about that for a few years, I'm sure. Gort, absolutely, <laughs> well, yeah, always enjoy uh, your stories. I, I did not expect. The the drunken mascot story, that's definitely what I'm going to That'll be a highlight of the year here as we wind down. That'll that'll be on our best-of show, I think.
2: Yeah. Well, just to emphasize the point that it was uh, Ruffy the beaver, the mascot, and not Gord the sideline reporter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Gord, I'll see you at the rink at some point on Wednesday. Really appreciate it, Matt. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me tonight. Awesome guy to talk to. That is Gord Wilson from TSN 1200 in uh, Ottawa. So, yeah, used to work on the sidelines for the Ottawa Rough Riders. And as he told you, he has done every Senators game on the radio except for three ever since they came into the NHL. That's pretty cool. Defensive touchdown for the Vikings. They lead the Seahawks 14-7. With three minutes left in the second quarter, the Seahawks are driving. They're going to be about second and seven from the Minnesota 25. We'll take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on 630 Chat.
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962.
1: This track. Going, Speaking Come of music, Kellen, did you see the? Well, I don't. I'm not even sure how to say the artist's name. Is it is it Billy Eilish? Billy Eilish? Billy Eilish? Eilish? Illich? Like the owner of the Red Wings? Uh, sort of. Eilish. Oh, Eilish. Eilish. Billy Eilish. And this is a. Uh, this, is this a young lady? Young pop star. Okay. Had some hits. Is this this bad guy song? Yes. Okay, so I know the song, or at least part of it. You've heard of the song before, yes. So apparently, what what was the story today that she has not heard of
3: Van Halen? Yeah, that was off of, I think, Jimmy Kimmel's show last night. They interviewed her or something, and just, uh, one of the questions was, have you heard of Van Halen? And she's
1: like, no, I haven't. Well, how old is she? 17, 18, I think. So quite young. So, yeah. Well, probably. I I would say there wouldn't be a lot of people that age who would know a lot about Van Halen. I mean,
3: I'd be shocked if she knew about the bands that were contemporary at the beginning of the 2000s, let alone... Like, who are we talking about? Like, talking corn, Limp Deftones, stuff like that. Fastball?
1: Yeah, Fastball. There we go. (laughs) So, what's interesting now... Sugar Ray. i got to check her age. Well, she has some very... uh, Jarring, uh, goth-like photographs. Uh, yeah, she is. She is uh, seventeen. Yeah. All right. So I'm sure. Is this a, a guy like Van Halen? It doesn't offend me if, especially a younger person hasn't even heard of Van Halen. Oh, no, of course not. I mean, when I was that age, did I know about bands that were uh, big before I was born? I wouldn't know much, but I might know about some of them, probably not all of them. But what's interesting, so now this has kind of become, what do you call these? It's a social media sensation. It's gone viral that she doesn't know about Van Halen. So now I just see somebody has posted a story from Billboard.com June of 2015 that Eddie Van Halen does not listen to music. The quote, this is, this is a legitimate Billboard article because there was you know there was one of those screen caps of it and then I'm thinking well is this real where well, there's a, a link to the actual article that it was published in 2015 Eddie Van Halen said I don't listen to anything he and then it goes on to say the last album he purchased was a Peter Gabriel album in 1986 he's not familiar with the works of Radiohead Metallica or Guns N' Roses hmm And then it says he scarcely listened to Pantera, even though he spoke at the funeral of the group's guitarist. He doesn't listen to the radio in his car, much to the annoyance of his wife. Eddie said, I prefer the sound of the motor. He admitted he never even listened to most of the bands that opened for Van Halen. (laughs) Wow, that's incredible.
3: Well, no, because he'd be in the back with the rest of the band warming up to go on stage after the opening band
1: would oh, be right, finished, but right? but sometimes they'd be familiar with their music, even right. if they're not paying attention to the actual act being performed. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. I find that very easily believable. Oh, I, I totally believe it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Eddie's hes a bit of an eccentric guy, obviously extremely talented, but what was the story about he would play with his back... When he first started playing live, he would play with his back to the audience because he was paranoid about people stealing his guitar mm-hmm. technique and his riffs. Yep. Whereas really, he was probably the only one in the world who could play those. Well, he was miles ahead of everybody at the time, so. Right. So, sorry, what is Billy, Billy Eilish? Eilish. Eilish. Are you, how sure are you on that? Confident. <laughs> Relatively Confident. <laughs> Uh, I've only heard her one song. I like her one song, but that's about it. Is that the bad guy song? That's it, yeah. I feel like I just know part of it because it it's been in a commercial.
3: I heard it in commercials, and then I listened to the entire thing, and I was like, ah, cool.
1: Oh, good. Expanding, it's on my iPod. on so. horizons. Has she heard of an iPod? That's a better question. Well, what, the iPod was before the iPad? Like the, the click wheel iPod, the like the OG time? iPod. Oh, the old ones. Yeah. I still got one of those. It's awesome. Another exciting development. I'm actually quivering. This is so exciting. I just got a notification. Bob Layton is now following me on Instagram. Wow. Let's see what kind of photos Reed is posting. Better be working. Congratulations. Uh, Murr the Flames guy says, no, it was Stevie Ray who turned his back. Well, OK. I thought anybody there go. did it. Yeah. I thought Eddie Van Halen did it too. Well, Murr, the Flames guy, I trust you on almost everything. Murr has changed his handle. During football season, he's Murr, the Stamps, the stamps guy. guy. Now he is Murr, the Flames guy. I mean, there could be a gap in the spring when neither team is has an active season going on. Did, what will he be then? Is it just Murr? He will perhaps point? be just Murr, the Calgary
3: guy. I would go just Murr, like J-U-S-T
1: Mur like just Murr, like just Joe. Maybe. I like Murr. Th- is Murr the one I owe like $40,000 to from a series of gambling debts? I have no idea. Murr's Mur, Mur, <laughs> leg breakers are coming to the station. No comment. Off the hide behind Bob Layton. <laughs> Don't you touch him, Murr. Sam G says, is it just me or how is her song so popular? Billy Eilish, she goes, I tried to listen to the song so I get the feeling, but it isn't working, man. That is from Sam. Appreciate it. Text number, phone number, same thing, 780-496-0063. You can also email me, inside sports at 630 chcom Hey, Ty Smith, good Border City guy, playing for the Spokane Chiefs, invited to the Canadian World Junior Selection Camp. He's coming up, and some comments from the new head coach of the BC Lions, Rick Campbell.
0: For all the news and expert opinion inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30 Chad. All right, late in the first half,
1: Minnesota leading Seattle 14-10. Monday Night Football, hockey tonight. The Golden Knights beat the Rangers 4-1. Golden Knights go to 14-11 and four on the season. The Sabers are pounding the Devils. It is 7-1 late in the third. Early in the third, Islanders up 3-1 on the Red Wings. Jordan Everly finally has his first of the season. Early second period, Blues leading the Blackhawks 2-0. And starting in about half an hour, it is the Kings and the Ducks. The uh, Canadians play the Islanders tomorrow. Canadians really struggling, winless in their last eight. The Oilers open a four-game homestand on Wednesday against the Senators. Now, the Senators play Vancouver tomorrow, then come to Edmonton. That one on 6.30, Chad. Six o'clock face-off show. The game will commence at 7.30. The Oilers 17-9 and 3 on the season. They uh, did not practice today. They will practice tomorrow and then uh, get ready for the game on Wednesday. Yes, the Oilers are indeed first in the Pacific Division. They have the top 2 scores in the NHL. McDavid 51 points, Leon Draisaitl 50 points, Miko Koskinen, I gave this earlier. He's 10-2-2 two two with a 9.21 Save percentage. The Oilers' power play is first in the NHL at 31.5%. Their penalty killing is second in the NHL at 87.1%. Okay, I'm here. I'm going to ask a hypothetical question, and I'm just curious because there's there's no doubt who is who is the better player out of the two players I'm going to mention. Uh, Both of them, of course, are unrestricted free agents on July 1st. Both of them would help the Oilers fill a need if they decide at some point that we're really going to go for it this year. But here's the thing. One of them has a cap hit of $6 million, the other one has a cap hit of $3.1 million. Now, the Oilers would have to trade out some salary or get the other team to retain if they made such a deal. So just even if we don't talk about specific players, just knowing that the Oilers would have to give up something of significance to acquire these players. And let's say that the likelihood of re-signing this, whichever player you got was, was unlikely. Who would you sooner have as a rental for the Oilers? Taylor Hall or Jean Gabriel Peugeot? I'm just going to throw that out there. Peugeot, plus 18 on a pretty poor team, uh, can play any position and makes about half of what Hall makes. Or would you sooner acquire Hall uh, just because of his explosiveness? And even as he's become a better player, you know, he can still be kind of mistake prone at times. So I'll just throw that out there as a total hypothetical. Total hypothetical. Uh, John writes in, he says, Reed, I don't get all this new music. What happened to the classics like Beethoven, Bach, or Snoop Dogg? That's a good point. Snoop Dogg's still around. That, that's a good point. Who do you think? <laughs> Out of those three, Beethoven, Bach, Snoop Dogg, who smoked the most weed? Wow. Well, just a hypothetical. It's hypothetical total but hypothetical. Oh. It's, it's <laughs> harder to measure for Beethoven and Bach. Beethoven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Beethoven. Yeah, He's, <laughs> he was always snacking on chips. <laughs> Did they have potato chips then? I don't even know. No, they had potatoes. So you're snacking he, on the raw potatoes. He was potato. just eating raw potatoes. Just yeah, raw that's potatoes. Nice. Yeah. No, that's appetizing. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is both the text line and the phone number. Oh, the fir- the first vote coming in is is uh, for Peugeot. That's interesting. I just want to emphasize this is a total hypothetical, total sports chat on a sports talk show. There are no concrete rumors about either player being acquired by the Oilers. Though again, both would uh, definitely fit a need for the Edmonton Oilers moving along. All right, uh, that's <laughs> that's a good one. Beethoven, Bach. Snoop Dogg. There's got to be a stand-up comedy routine in there somewhere. Appreciate it. Uh, One texter was asking about the song we had coming back from break around 7.20. Was that not Up Around the Bend by CCR? Correct. Absolute classic riff. Could listen to that all day. Maybe we'll do that someday. Just play it over and over again. We will have Ty Smith coming up. New Jersey Devils draft pick. Defenseman captain of the Spokane Chiefs from lloyd minster he has once again been invited to the hockey canada selection camp for the world junior tournament uh really disappointing loss for canada last year in vancouver so ty will check in tonight also heading out to the west coast here rick campbell is the new head coach of the bc lions he had been with the uh, ottawa red blacks did a pretty good job there now he will try to turn bc around and of course he's going to fill out his coaching
0: staff. It's definitely sooner than later. We won't race it for the sake of doing it as fast as we can. But um, competition's level is high in this league, and a lot of stuff's going to go on the next couple weeks. So um, something we are going to be on top of and act on, Um, as quick as makes sense we're not gonna we're not gonna drag our feet and between Ed and and me we know a lot of people in this league and what they're about and so I want to make smart decisions and uh, like I said we'll we'll get it together um, sooner than later, we won't put a date on it, but it's uh, sooner than later put that way.
1: And we now keep an eye on former Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. Could he wind up with the BC Lions? GM Ed Hervey says he has talked to Moss. He's reached out to him, but he knows that Moss may wind up in conversations to go to other franchises. Could Moss become the head coach in Ottawa? He, he was there before he came to Edmonton, working as the offensive coordinator. So some pieces moving around here for uh, for the Eskimos. They've talked to Paul Lapelise. They've talked to Mark Killam, assistant head coach, special teams coordinator for the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, talking to Dave Campbell today, he said the Eskimos have asked permission to speak to... Uh, Mark Washington, the defensive coordinator for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Eskimos have not been granted permission to speak to Jamie Elizondo, who's in the XFL. They've been denied permission actually, so he's not going to be on the table for the Eskimos. So uh, obviously a story to follow here as we uh, move along. John says Pajot 100% over Hall. It's not close. Brian says uh, Hall, but if it's unlikely to resign that player, then we would take Peugeot because he would have a lower salary. Uh, this texture says, "Tuned in just in time for the Snoop Dogg discussion. Thanks for the laughs. About to go partake in said contest myself right now, minus the raw potatoes. <laughs> that, that, that is great. <laughs> that's uh, that's really good. Uh, anyway." <laughs> I I love when you guys make me laugh on the uh, text line. Truly, truly a privilege. Uh, Rick Campbell also telling you why the Lions are a good fit for him.
0: Big few weeks for me. Um, When I ended up leaving Ottawa, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I would be out of football for a year or what it was. I just knew I wanted to stay involved in football. And when this came around, it was like a home run. And with the people I'm getting to work with, uh, Rick and Ed, I know I know very well and I know what they're about. And um, I know they'll be great to work with. Um, and then the players here, there's a there's some damn good football players here. I got to see them up close twice last year. Um, I'm not going to name all the names, but uh, Mike Riley and and the crew um, There's some really good guys here and the CFL is a league where um, You make one or two tweaks to things or you add a player or two or a coach or two and all of a sudden um, You find a way to win those close games and all of a sudden things can go in the right direction um, I know how hard it is to win two in this league. You got to do things right and and uh, like I said, surround yourself with good people. And I just think, uh, I think the sky's the limit around here. I think uh, uh, nowhere to go but up. And like I said, the other thing, I've always had a huge amount of respect um, for this organization and um, for playing in B.C. place. Like I said, when, when the Lions are going and the, and the crowd's going, it's, uh, it's as tough a place to play as ever. So, um, you know, all those things uh, contributed to my decision.
1: Got a lot of respect for Rick Campbell. I thought at times he did as much as he could with not great rosters with the Red Blacks. The best team they had in terms of the regular season was not the one that won the Grey Cup. It was the one that the Eskimos beat in 2015. That team was 12-6. and 6. Moss was the offensive coordinator. Burris had a, had a big year, but I mean, that wasn't... I mean, let's face it. That was an awesome Eskimos team. I mean, I know the Eskimos had the five-in-a-row team. Other Grey Cup teams, I would put that up there as as one of the best Eskimos teams of all time. Fourteen and four. Riley at quarterback had a ten-game winning streak. Playoffs and regular season combined to end the regular season. Uh, so that Ottawa team, you know, just just wasn't. Was good, but wasn't quite good enough. But I think Campbell did a really good job in Ottawa. It's it's going to be a big year for the Lions. You know, Ed Hervey went there after being fired from the Eskimos I, in 2018. I, I thought Ed did an incredible job. A lot of adjustments mid-season, some key mid-season acquisitions. They rallied and passed the fading Eskimos for a playoff spot. Uh, you know players have ups and downs have good years and bad years hervey did not have as good a year in 2019 uh he had a lot of ex escobos on that team i thought he had a lot of older players and it just never clicked and they could not protect riley i mean he eventually got hurt here in edmonton in the third and final meeting of the season against the escobos he was getting beat up all year so it's interesting to see how hervey's going to bounce back from this as well ernie says anybody but taylor hall Propane Tank says, uh, Hi, Reed, Regarding your hypothetical rental, with all points considered, price, resigning the player, and what the Oilers could lose, I would lean towards Peugeot. Another texter says, I love Taylor Hall. Would love to have him back. But man, is Peugeot a player he would fit in so well. Well, this is interesting discussion. And I know I put... I, I know I kind of put a few limitations there on on the hypothetical. But Peugeot would be cheaper... And you know, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, Reid, who's a better fit? Who's a better fit? And a lot of times I say, well, I mean, this guy's a better player. You, you, you'd find a way to make him fit. But if you factor in the salary and maybe Peugeot's versatility, would that be a better fit if the Oilers are going to get a rental and then try to re-sign him? And then maybe you have to give up a conditional pick to... Uh, depending on whether or not you resign the player. I- interesting debate. Appreciate the text to 780 496 0063. Another texter says Are you going to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen next? Well, we could. She was, what, three years ago? Four years ago? You know what? You can call us maybe. Ty Pretty Smith soft. when we get back. <laughs>
3: This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins on 630 Chat. All right,
1: Clefbom and the Oilers back on the practice ice tomorrow. Game on Wednesday, they will take on the Ottawa... Senators, Minnesota leading Seattle 17 10, third quarter just underway. The Seahawks kicking off to the Vikings. We're moving towards Christmas, which means we are moving toward the World Junior Tournament. This young man will try to play for Team Canada for the second straight year. He has been invited to the selection camp in Oakville from the Spokane Chiefs and a native of a place where I used to work, Lloydminster, Alberta slash Saskatchewan. It is defenseman Ty Smith. Ty, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for making time for us. Congratulations on being named to the World Junior Selection Camp for Canada. I know you've you've been through this process before, but how are you feeling leading up to this deadline?
4: Um, kind of excited. I guess uh, this is a, an exciting time of the year, and um, I mean to get named to the selection camp. It it's pretty. Sp- pretty special for me and it gives me another opportunity to go there and try to make a team to play on the world juniors again so um it's definitely exciting for me and i'm excited to go there and compete for a spot
1: how does it feel getting the news compared to last year And, and i know you know it's a selection camp you're not on the team yet but does it feel any different than when you got this news last season
4: um i mean it's always exciting when you when you get the news but uh you just never know if you're going to get it. So I guess, yeah, it's, it's exciting both years. So uh, I'm I'm just thankful to be going to
1: the camp and to have a chance to play again. How would you sum up last year's experience? Every Canadian kid wants to represent Canada. It's an honour to play in the World Juniors. You guys had a great round, Robin. Heartbreaking loss once you got to the playoff round. So how do you sort of remember and reflect on everything that happened?
4: Yeah, it was, uh, um, like I said before, I'm, I'm fortunate and thankful that I got to play on that team, but, um, yeah, growing up, I mean, that's a tournament I've watched every year, and um, I think, yeah, like you said, every Canadian kid watches, so it's it's definitely a tournament you want to play in, and it's extra special that it was in Canada, but um, I, think, I think we had a pretty good start to our tournament and then had Finland in the quarters, and we were up a goal with less... Uh, less than a minute left they pulled their goalie, tied it um, we we had lots of chances in overtime we had a, a penalty shot we had um, an odd man rush that uh, I think it, it was Glasser made a great kind of no look pass to Dobson back door and Dobbers got one of the best one timers on the team and his stick broke on kind of an open net so they, and then they came down on a 3-2 and, two and they ended up scoring off of uh, one of our sticks so um, it's definitely a an unfortunate kind of ending to the tournament, but it kind of shows you how close the how close the tournament can be, and um, that it's just a game of inches, and I guess a tournament of inches. So those guys went on to win the tournament, so it stings, but um, I think that makes guys hungrier to go there and to try make the team and um, to try win it this year
1: how much do you think you know again assuming you are on, on the team you, you a lot of scrutiny on the team the, the tournament was in Canada playing for uh, for Canada was it was it even more than you thought it might be or, or how would you characterize that
4: um yeah just it being Canada I mean it was awesome I mean you expect that it's going to be it's going be uh, a lot of fun and good crowds but the crowds are they were crazy I mean you can't really describe when you're on the ice and they're, they're so loud the ranks completely sold out and they're all cheering for you your team so it's uh it's it's definitely a pretty cool experience
1: Ty Smith joining us on inside sports he's been named to the Canadian world Junior selection camp he plays for the spokane Chiefs you have 16 points in 18 games so far this season uh ty I know some guys don't like answering this question but I'm going to throw it at you anyway <laughs> how do you feel you've been playing this year
4: um, i think I think it's been going pretty well so far I'm, I'm trying to improve and on areas that will, will get me to the to the next level that's kind of the goal and you want to win games all the time that's that's kind of why why i play is to compete and try to win games so um i mean the more games we win the better so i guess it could be going a little better i think we're third in our division right now so um we could pick it up a little bit and i guess i could be better trying to help us win so that, that's kind of the goal is to continue improving on areas that will get me to the next level while trying to win games and trying to help our team win games at the same time
1: you're a draft pick of the New Jersey Devils. What can you say about the experience getting to go to camp and and be around some established NHLers? What are some of the things you took out of that?
4: Uh, yeah, it was it was a good experience for me. Um, I stayed there until I think it was it. my meeting was right up right on the my exit meeting was right um, on time with the the roster deadline, so um, I was the last guy to go and. Uh, I was pretty pretty fortunate, I guess to get another experience there and to kind of send me back even hungrier to try and prove and and be better next year and try and make the team. but um just to be there and playing preseason games with guys that kind of i guess are established, and guys like Taylor Hall and Andy Green like Andy Greens, I think he just turned thirty seven uh, early in this year, and uh, he's been in the league since he's twenty so. Um, he's he's definitely a good guy to look up to he's under six feet and um guys like that just just playing with those guys it's um pretty cool and to see how they carry themselves and how they show up to the rank to get work every day and they're always trying to improve on their bodies and um it's it's pretty cool to be around and it definitely teaches a guy a lot.
1: Well, Ty, it's great to talk to you. Uh, of course, you're, you're from Lloydminster. Uh, I spent the first chunk of my broadcasting career working there, so always good to uh, talk to somebody with a border city connection. All the best the rest of the way with the Chiefs and, of course, with Team Canada. Thank you. That is Ty Smith checking in. Spokane Chiefs, defenseman, captain, and he's going to the World Junior Selection Camp once again. Obviously a very good shot to make the team. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. It is a final in Buffalo. The Sabres hammer the Devils 7-1. The Golden Knights have beaten the Rangers 4-1. Islanders leading Detroit 4-1 with about three minutes left in the third period. Late in the second period, St. Louis is up 2-0 on Chicago. And starting in about 15 minutes or so, the Kings will take on the Ducks. You can text 780-496-0063. Brian says, can you believe that the NFL actually allows the Seahawks to wear that uniform? Well, what were they calling that? Did they still call it the color rush? Yes. I think that's what they're calling it now. Well, they had that a few years ago where all the Thursday nighters, the teams would wear solid colors, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Seahawks are wearing the blue pants with the lime green shirts. Not a fan of that combination. And the lime green thing, I think, it's a Washington State thing because
3: I see a lot of people like if I go to like Spokane or Seattle or something like that, a lot of people are just wearing like real neon either green or off. Well, what neon came yellow. first,
1: the Seahawks wearing it or those people wearing it, Kellen? It is the chicken or the egg conundrum. I don't know. Probably about the same time. <laughs> it seventeen ten. Uh, Minnesota leading Seattle in that game. The Oilers back at it on Wednesday night 6 o'clock face off show. The game will start at 7:30 here on 630chet. Go to the Eskimos website or to 630chet.com to get more info on what was announced today, the Ultimate Sports Fan Pass. Before December 23rd, you can spend 79 bucks to get a ticket. To an Eskimos game, an FC Edmonton game, a Prospects game, and a Stingers game. Now, the schedules aren't out for all those teams. So you basically buy a voucher and then you, you cash it in for a specific game. You can do that next year, but you get that price until December 23rd. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening, Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Besides Ty Smith, you heard from Gord Wilson, Chris Presson. And I have uh, tweeted out my love letter to goaltender interference. If you would like to check that out. I also quickly Googled it. Baby Yoda does not have a name, but the producers of The Mandalorian confirm it's okay just to refer to it as Baby Yoda. Aw. Yeah. No, no we could all sleep well tonight.
0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.